looks like it. Ubahasa, Yoka. Hello there. Welcome to the Cannon Cantina, presented by the Geek Out Show Network. So, we want it, Vin. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. Suddenly, the scar. Jedi business, go back to your drinks. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cannon Cantina, episode 29. I'm your host, Jay Rue, and with me, as always, is my trusty co-pilot, Heath. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Just enjoying my morning so far and uh, getting ready to talk some Star Wars. Yeah, man. So we're doing something a little different. We're doing a little uh, Cannon Coffee House. We're doing this early morning, Labor Day weekend. Um that's partially my fault because I am on call this weekend, so I kind of got bowed up. Um, but Heath, Heath, how you been, man? What's going on? Oh, I've been doing great. I just want to confirm real fast. I am cracking open a LaCroix Beach Plum because it's getting to the end of the season, so I've got to finish up my, uh, my summertime LaCroix. So. <laughs> yeah, I figured I was, I was worried about you there for a second when you're cracking open a beer at uh, 8.15 in the morning. <laughs> but no, I've been doing great, doing great, um, you know. Took little man and the wife out to see uh, the Rangers and the Astros last weekend. I'm oh, that looked like it. a ton. That looked like a ton of fun, man. Oh, it really was, especially knowing you know I walked in because there was traffic for us getting up there, so we walked in at the top of the uh, second, and I just walked in to see a home run by the Astros. So Sweet. That, yeah. And so, um, so are you? Uh, I know we've talked about it off air, but for our listeners, you, you guys are house divided. You guys are Astros and Rangers fans. Is that correct? <laughs> Yes. So um, my wife, both sides of her family, massive Ranger fans. Um, me and my family, you know, up until I was in the third grade, we lived down in Houston. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, we went to, to Astro games. I'm an Astros fan. Um, so, yes, if we're going up there just to catch a game, I'll, I'll toss on a Rangers shirt. But, you know, maybe an hour into wearing it starts getting like itchy and rashy and I have this like weird feeling across my body. Your but, skin yeah. starts burning. Yeah. But if the Astros and the Rangers are playing, definitely going up. And, uh, you know, of course came out with a nice five, two victory. Happy. I didn't go to the Sunday game cause that one turned out a lot worse, <laughs> but not too bad. Now I know, I know the feeling, man, we're a house divided also. So my, I'm a Mariners fan and by proxy, my daughter is, and my wife is a big Astros fan being from Houston as well. She's actually wearing a Astros shirt this morning. I told her uh, that shit's not allowed here in this house. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Hey, um, so obviously you're a baseball fan. You've been to many games. How close have you ever gotten to catching a foul ball or a home run? So when I was growing up, we used to sit, six rows back behind uh behind first like in between first base and and right field mm-hmm. and okay. this this was well you know stage right field but it, regardless behind first base um so i've actually caught a foul ball at safeco um when i was a kid that is awesome now i don't know who it was uh, this you know i was young uh probably nine ten at the time um, but yeah, yeah, I, I had, I had caught one foul ball. So man, we had season tickets for the Astros and old Astro uh, dome. I've been to many a games. Saturday was the first time, like I've been even remotely close to catching a foul ball. So we oh, nice. Were, like right off of 
home base in between third. And I'm sitting there, got little man right next to me. The accountant's on the other side of him. I've got, you know, my drink in the, in the cup holster, like that's attached to the seat in front of me. I got my nachos. I'm watching. Ball goes flying. And I see a guy start getting out of the seat that's like three rows down from me. And I'm looking, I'm like, this thing is coming right to me. So as he's coming up, I just immediately drop the nachos. I push him, and as I'm pushing him out of the way <laughs> and putting my hands up, the guy comes from right above me and just snatches it out of the air. And I'm like, that would have been mine if you hadn't come in and distracted me. <laughs> I mean, now, Grant, I, I did apologize later, but, you know, the excitement got to me. And, I mean, like, I straight almost pushed him over, like, the rail, you know, that you is in the center of the aisle that, you know, you can walk on, you can hold on to going, you know, up or down the stairs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I damn near pushed him over it. But I got excited, and I was like, I was like, oh man! But you know, that was the the action for the week. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that it's it's quite a feel. It's like a rush. You, I mean, you have a second to decide what you're gonna do when that it's ball like, is coming at your ass. It's like I can either grab him and shield my body. I can push him and go for it, or I can just sit here and do nothing. And yeah, I, I went with action. Now, granted, I should have been looking behind me. But wasn't aware of that gentleman. I was seeing the guy that was coming up for my ball, not from behind. I um, you know, you see those videos of like dads that like stop a bat from hitting their kid in the face, or you know what I mean? It's like oh, I, so, sometimes I I don't know if I would have the uh, if I'd have the the reaction time that some of those dads have. I, I'd like to think so. It's just like an intuition now at this point. You probably okay. do, just kind of like you did. Like you just kind of acted on it. Now, That's now, cool. I'll be 100 percent honest. I completely forgot that my family was even there. I'm like, yeah, I went to slow down motion. I'm just like, this is my I'm time to shine. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm at a baseball game. I'm using my high school offensive lineman skills as I'm shoveling this guy over, and I just missed the ball. I'm like, ah. it's all right. You'll but, have another opportunity. Oh, I'm sure I will. <laughs> that, but, that's cool, man. I'm glad you guys had fun um, with the baseball season winding down. Uh, you know, you only got a couple more to couple more to grab. Absolutely. So, um, man, it's going to be pretty light in the Star Wars world this week. Uh, we got a few things to talk about. Um, I'm going to start off with some comics, man. There were some good comics that came out between last week and this week. Absolutely. Um, dude, Afra just keeps getting better and better. I'm not. I'm still not sold on her as a character, you know, but I'm, I'm starting to like it. And I thought this one had some fun stuff going on with it and definitely um you know i know that she's a character you really enjoy but this was fun so and this will also you know i know you jumped on afra pretty much like when you when you started being regular host on the show um so wasn't that familiar with her background between her and vader um and this book opens up exactly like why she's so afraid of darth vader oh i'd be too she pretty much leaves him to die on uh tython yes so yeah. we get a little flashback there. Um, we're back at the, uh, what, what are we calling this? Is this like the Crimson Dawn auction gala, something like that? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's uh, where we found ourselves pretty much like it's the big cross section of all the uh, War of the Bounty Wars, uh, Bounty Hunter stories. Everybody seems to be converging on this one place. I really like what they did as far as because uh, in the other books you see Afra have this little freak out moment. Yes. 
But in this book, you it explains why. Because Vader knows she's there, right? Vader's like, you know, obviously the most powerful Sith Lord of all time um, up okay. until this point. And uh, he definitely senses her there. And the whole room's red, and, and she's totally freaking out. And I love that she points out that the only reason she's not in absolute danger is because Vader's on a mission. If he had just a little bit more time, she'd probably be a goner. Right. Um, then some other things happen with her and Stan, uh, Sarah, San, ugh, sorry, Santa, Staros. And um, there's some side character stuff going on with Just Lucky, just some inner turmoil, things like that. Uh, you know, regular old thief and, and bounty hunter double crossings going on. Um was there anything else that stood out to you in this book? It's a very, you know, I didn't think the book itself was that important to the story. It's just basically Afra and, and Santa trying to get out of this yacht, of the Crimson Dawn yacht. Yes, I mean, the most interesting thing for me outside of Afra um, was definitely, we see Death Stick showing back up. She's definitely, you know, working for Crimson Dawn here with... Um, the other bounty hunters, former mentor that left their guild. Um, so that was interesting, especially seeing him kind of coaching them on, you know, fighting better while he's, you know, having his liberties with them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it leaves off on a very interesting space with um, Afra. Well, uh, one, one thing uh, before we get to the end of it, um, pretty much she decides like, hey, while we're here, you know, Crimson Dawn is notorious for for collecting priceless artifacts, um, and her being an archaeologist is like, and obviously a thief. Uh, we're gonna steal some stuff and make some money while we're here, even though the, the entire Crimson Dawn security team is here and Vader, and I, <laughs> very high possibility of dying. Yeah. Um, uh, which that's not something I've really thought of before. You know, in Solo, when you're on. Uh, Paul Bettany's character. What's his name? Oh, man. Dryden Voss. Yes, Dryden Voss. So when they're on Dryden Voss's ship, um, there's all kinds of artifacts. I mean, there's Mandalorian armor. There's, I mean, all kinds of different stuff. So I never really thought about that, that like Crimson Dawn are um, artifacts dealers art and artifacts dealers. Yeah, which, I mean, it's very interesting knowing who is at the helm of Crimson Dawn. You mm -hmm. would think that, like, that would be something that he's into, but it could make for a very nice cover of a, you know, criminal, you know, uh, organization. No, and no. it actually just gives more validity to why they would have Han and why they're having an auction and why people would trust going to a Crimson Dawn auction. This is what you do. You buy priceless artifacts here. Yes. So, and I'm sorry, now... Uh, the book ends in a very Afro way. I think I mentioned that last week. Yes. Um, you know, we uh, get them knocked out and uh, collected by these. It looks like there's quite a few of these giant uh, droid guards. Um, really cool design. Almost seemed like something out of Skyrim. You hit some of those like a dwarfen. Um, what do you call them? Dungeons. Mm -hmm. you know, that design just felt like, you know, something that you'd see there. Yeah, and she's in prison, so that, that's where we're getting at. She, her and Santa are thrown in back into a Crimson Dawn prison facility on the yacht. So uh, a very Afro way to end a book, which I, I love that. I love when they stick to the to the archetype of these characters. So 
Speaking of which, uh, that rolls us into Vader, another War of the Bounty Hunters book. Um, what'd you think of this one? This one is very focused on one particular character, which from the sequel trilogy that obviously uh, was introduced into these books, Ochi of Bestoon. Um, and this this book is just another another test of Ochi's loyalty. Yeah, this almost feels like it could just be called Ochi Part Two mm-hmm. or Issue Two. Um, obviously. Vader is testing him, and, I mean, he is testing him. He leaves him in some dire straits. Um, I love that they kind of see uh, the backstory of why uh, Baku the body was trying to outbid um, Jabba. That was a direct command from Vader. Yeah, it's just that that the political intrigue part of Star Wars, right? It's like one of the main pillars of Star Wars. Um, and I love how Ochi is just, he's so confident knowing that he can pull the Vader card in any situation he's in. Well, he definitely reminds, Vader reminds him too. He's like, he's like, Hey, listen, like you serve me now. (laughs) Cause he's like, how am I supposed to get in? You know, how should I sneak in? He's like, no, man, you like, you serve me now. Fucking literally kick in the door and say, I serve Vader. Yes. And then he definitely uses it to his advantage moving forward. Um, do you recall who does the art for uh, this issue of Vader? This is Rafael Ienko, and he's picked up the books. Um, I want to say maybe after the first arc, he was doing covers for a while. So I think I think it was after the first arc. But uh, man, I love his pencils. Yes, I mean it's you see a lot of good artists be able to do this and you see like lesser artists that can't do this, but for a mass that doesn't change, he is able to show so much emotion through the lighting and the angles. Absolutely. I, I, like Ochi's mask is really becoming one of my favorites outside of, you know, the traditional uh, trilogy. I think this really is awesome, especially yeah, in this book. Yeah. He's a really cool character design, man. And um, I've said this before and I'll say it again, like the, we need a black series. We need one of these. We haven't gotten any comp. We obviously, besides the, uh, we got an entire comic legends line, but for current stuff, I mean, outside of Afra and the assassin droids, I don't think we've gotten much in the comic book world. Not that I can think of. I mean, yeah, Afra and, well, I mean, you have like the Maul, the heir to the Empire, Luke, uh, yeah. Jackson, Carson Jacks. But but from the current run of comics, I don't think we have anything. And they're making it a point like Ochi is a main pillar in Vader's inner circle here. Um, and basically he gets the drop on Crimson Dawn and, and he gets to flex why he's why he's Vader's right hand man at this point in time. He takes out pretty much a whole Crimson Dawn, Dawn army. Yeah, I mean. Easily, what there was twelve uh, of these yep. assassin ninjas there, and I mean, they're even like, "Hey, join us!" And he's like, "No, I serve Vader." Yeah, and, I th- I, I, there's a moment where it seems like he maybe contemplates it, yeah. and then I think he just realizes, like, he's like, "Dude, if I double cross Vader, like, that's it for me." <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, he goes to town on these guys, and it is very entertaining. Um, yeah, so cool here. I mean, it's great action. I, this 
Banger is easily my favorite book going on in Star Wars. Same here. Um, and this is the third volume now, and all three volumes have just been fantastic. I highly recommend the first two volumes, uh, and this one's no different. So basically, Ochi beats all these Crimson Dawn ninjas, um, and he's like, oh, Vader, what's up? You were just testing me again. I knew you were. Um, and Vader's just like, you, you know, he's very Vader. He doesn't trust anybody, and he doesn't, even though Ochi passed his test, He's not, he doesn't really care. Like, he, he knows Ochi's going to try and double-cross him at some point. Absolutely. And we end, uh, and I said this last week, we end in a very Vader way. Uh, the splash page is amazing. It's basically Vader just chopping down <laughs> uh, Crimson Dawn ninjas. Absolutely. It is so cool. So, great book. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think Rafael Ayanko is like, He's easily becoming one of my favorite artists, especially when it comes to Star Wars. It's hard to dispute that. Um, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to ask you, um, how are you feeling about the second um, story arc we're in here for the High Republic? Yeah, so yeah, let's switch gears and, and go over to High Republic. Yeah, this is the second story arc, starting with issue nine. Uh, Jedi No More is the name of this story arc. Uh and quite frankly, I loved this. I loved this book. Uh, Keith, Keith Trennis is great in it. Um, and, and the storyline itself, we'll run through it, but uh, loved it. To, to put it in short, I absolutely loved it. I am really, really enjoying the uh, artwork, especially the dingier side of uh, Cover Jedi's here, mm-hmm. taking up the uh, Nihil. Uh, look in the paint uh, obviously this is taking place after uh, the last novel or our newest novel in the high republic so our starlight beacon jedis are joining into the main fight with the night hill since they've wrapped up everything with the uh didn't or the train gear mm-hmm. and they're taking an interesting approach yeah so they're basically going against the word of the council um Everyone that was a part of the Dren Gear effort is now here. Um, and Stellan Geos is basically like, no, this is not the way we're going to we're going to defeat the Nihil. We're going to do it the Jedi way. And Marshall Chris and, and Keith, Keith Trennis and, and all these characters are just like, no, we're going to figure this out a different way. So like you said, this takes place after the massacre at the Galactic Fair. Opens up with Orla Jereni just like kind of doing a patrol, and then a Nihil ship comes out of nowhere. Um, and then you see, you see who's who's in charge of the ship, and it's Keeve. So, right here, I'm like, okay, are, are we starting to see her? Like, we know through hinting in some Kevin Scott books that Keeve Trennis is part of the Fallen 20, yes. Is it Fallen 20? Is that the right term? I can't remember. Lost 20. Lost 20. That's right, yeah. So when I see her in this Nihil ship uh, with Tarek or Sarret, which whichever one it is, um, I'm like, oh, okay, we're just going to go straight there. Then we get a little flashback to Starlight, the argument between Avar and, and Stell and Geos, and it doesn't sit right with Keeve and Skier, um, which I might add, this is the first... I guess you could call appearance because of the 
of the hollow projector image of Lorna D. So this is technically the first comic appearance of Lorna D. Okay, she hasn't been uh, in Adventures. No, she's been in a, in a on a cover, a Will Sleeney cover that was an exclusive to Wanted Comics. Shout out to Wanted Comics on Instagram. Um, but that but that's the only one. Okay, I knew that Adventures had been focusing more on the Night Hill, so I'm actually surprised by that one. But hey, that's still really cool. So this one might uh, have some back or additional value on the back end. That being yeah. the case. Yeah, at some point it probably will if they call if they call a holo projector her first appearance. Um, and essentially, what's going on here is they're breaking down the uh, Master Maru is breaking down the the um, hierarchy of the Nihil. At this point, the Jedi don't know anything about the Nihil. Yeah, it's like a rough understanding, but they're not connecting the dots correctly. Yeah, like, I mean, there's even instance of them saying, like, oh, Lorna D is, you know, assumed dead. She was the eye of the Nihil, so they don't even know who Mark Yonro is. Yes. Which is... But, a, I thought that was really interesting. Yes, it's... I think so, too. Like, granted, uh, we don't know the exact faith of or, of Bell. He's He might be our only Jedi that's actually laid eyes on Marshawn that's still alive. And we're going to have to, I'm assuming, figure out, you know, in the next wave of main books, what his mental state is. I'm not trying to get too far into the book right now. But, yeah, have any of the other Jedis laid eyes on Martian? Man, oh, if you take, Yoda. yeah, if you take adventures into consideration, I think Yoda and, and, and Marcion cross paths. They, I mean, they at least, like, know of each other. But Yoda's off doing his Padawan Academy thing at the moment. So um, we get we flash forward again and, and Keeves. Uh, what exactly is her position in this Nihil fleet? What are, I know they call the ship the Ransacker, but it's just a is it just a storm ship? Yeah, she would just be a storm um, from what I, from everything I've gathered. And I like the fact that they're using a. Panaya, um, that would have been her leader. So he can't say whether. Yeah, spoilers for the for the uh, Rising Storm book. Yeah, uh, sorry about that one. I mean, it's been out for a little bit. You've already yeah. covered it here. Um, but so there would be some questions coming out, like you know where they've been, but it at least gives them a direct link to somebody that they Jedi would understand. I love how they even mentioned with hers, like, you can't defend yourself as a Jedi. You have to be more brutal about this. It reminds me very much. So they, they quote unquote, blow up a vector, um, which was all controlled. Like, this is all just for, for looks. Uh, another Nihil ship sweeps in, saves them, brings them back. Um, so it's all just, you know, they're trying to gain the trust of the Nihil, like you're saying. They get to a Nihil base. They're talking about, you know, who are, who are you with? Flashback to Maru. Uh, he's finally figuring out, he's connecting the dots of, of what's going, like, the again, the hierarchy of the Nihil, um, saying that Panayetas was killed. So this is the perfect cover. And like you said, Avar does say, like, you're going to have to do things that uh, a Jedi wouldn't do to earn their trust. This This is the only way to do it. 
you're going to have to uh, they don't necessarily say this but you know tap into the dark side a little bit and this may very well be the uh, fall direct link to that fall um one thing it feels like it's starting to become like you know the running joke in high, high republic but you know you say they blow up a vector and obviously all the panels leading up to it feels like they're blowing up Sirk. so it's just like Sirk is almost turning into the kenny of uh, the high republic it's like yeah are killing him this week exactly yeah you feel like he's dead every week Yeah, I thought that was interesting, but this is this is really fun. I can't wait to see where this goes. Um, the High Republic has just been so much fun. Great way to you know have more Star Wars on our plate, and I like it. Yeah, I, I really do too. The character designs are great. The Nihil designs are just so out there and steampunk, and I love it, man. Uh, and the very end page, the cliffhanger we're left on here is like, okay, you, uh, you're going to prove to us you're a Nihil. Um, you're going to split the skull of this hut right in two, and then they bring Myark of the the Merciful out in chains. Yeah, that's so we're gonna see what happens there. See how they get out of actually doing this one. Fun stuff. It's a great book, man. Um, I wanted to cover High uh, Star Wars High Republic Adventures, but I'm actually like two issues behind. Did you? You didn't happen to read that one, did you? I like. I keep telling myself, "Got to start it. I've got to start it." I go and hit you know the back issues. I have not been able to make time this week. Um, you know, we started T-ball or you know fall ball last week, and we had two practices this week, so. Yeah, we're staying pretty busy, but I am going to in the next couple of weeks. Get the- yeah, yeah, we'll skip that for now. I know Daniel Jose Older is doing like a badass job on that. And the art, I mean, is some of my favorite Star Wars art. It's just like really busy uh, line work, and, and I love that. But um, th- you might be able to get the collected editions. They might be coming out pretty soon, at least the first you know, five or six issues. Um, that okay. may be a, a good option for you there, Heath. I like those. It's a, a little easier to organize and stack and keep together yeah that particular book is um is one that i've found i enjoy better reading two or three issues at a time because it is a slower book okay so um i think that's it on the comics front man unless you, you had any comics news or anything like that nothing that's come out real uh that's you know there's nothing really that i've noticed i'm still waiting on our um buddy cop team up that we're getting for the high republic i believe starting next month yeah it might even be starting later this month i'll have to check those dates but i'm, I'm getting excited about that one just a new telling of a story and new characters but that's all they're, i've got they're definitely uh sinking their heels in the high republic pretty uh pretty well um man i didn't even ask you so obviously we picked up all these comic books but did you pick up anything else star wars you know <clears throat> it's been little rough on the findings out here, but our good friend over at Black Hole Comics, Gil, the, you know, the harbinger or the vanguard of the uh, Geek Out show network, actually picked up <laughs> an yeah. extra uh, extra wrecker and sent that my way. So I finally have my wrecker in. Been playing with awesome, man. Today. What do you uh, think of that figure? So... So far, it's definitely, even with the lack of paint apps, is my favorite head sculpt that we've gotten from the Bad Batch in a Black Series form. I think it moves really well. Um, 
it's funny because you pick it up and compared to like maybe your Legends or DC Multiverse, it doesn't feel big um, because Black Series tends to be more at that you know, true 112 uh, scale. Mm-hmm. But then you put him on the shelf next to you know, Luke or Din Jarjir or <laughs> Din Jaren, and he is like head, head over heels. I think he's got to be in the top three tallest Black Series figures we've gotten. And like that's when you notice like that it is really much bigger than what we're used to in the series. Yeah, it's a big figure, man. Um, I, I really enjoy that, too. What did you think of the head sculpt now that you have it in hand? Like I said, outside of the missing paint app on the, uh, the scarring, I think it's one of the best ones that we've gotten out of the animated series. Obviously, um, Rex, I love that one, just but it's more on the realistic side of um, of the face, not sticking to the animated series, but I like it. I agree. Um, I think this is probably the best of the Bad Batch head sculpts, because they do try to stick to that more realistic, um, but, I, but I think this is the... Uh, this is the exception. This one has a little more of that cartoon look to it. Yes, and I'm fine with that. I know a lot of people get irritated with the head sculpt, and I can see the frustration. I wish the Black Series, especially for the animated series, would do a little bit more stylized, animated, to make it feel. But I also understand they want everything to blend together in the shelf, so they give you like a more realistic take on them. But I think even prior to Crosshair's, you know, Burns, that head sculpt really didn't favor him. Even For sure. That more realistically, like my crosshair, it's come out of the packaging, but the helmet has not come off of him. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the exact same way. And quite frankly, with all of them, um, I, I've done that. But yeah, I'm glad you finally got your record, man. So your crew's coming together quite nicely. Yep. Did you get anything else? No, no, that's been in on the Star Wars side. Um, now, obviously, if we're going to jump over into toy news. We had uh, like less than 12 hours after we last recorded the SH Figuarts Rearmored Boba Fett in season Ugh. two, Dingeer uh, <laughs> pop up. Um, and these are beautiful. I was able to get my pre order in for Mando and just didn't get in time for Boba, but. It's not the end of the world. I will get him. It's the one. And these are the two designs I've been waiting for from these yeah. uh, from SH. So SH Figure Arts has been really quiet on the Star Wars front. I couldn't even tell you what the last SH. Fi- it was probably the, the Beskar Mandalorian over a year ago. Yeah. Um, so they, they put out some solicits earlier this week for their third Mandalorian with the season two look, updated uh, paint. And as a matter of fact, it actually has a lot of new sculpted pieces on it. Um, new armor pieces. This one's going to come with a Grogu. Uh, it looks absolutely fantastic. So I was super stoked on that. But the uh, Instagram breaking news was the rearmored Boba Fett. This is going to be our first 112 rearmored Boba Fett. And man, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, and that son of a gun sold out on almost every import site, if not all import sites at this point. Um, I think the reason it sold out so quick, Heath, is because it, it has a turnaround date of January. So Which is crazy. Yeah, these things were already produced. They're in hand. They're probably just ready to ship at this point. Yes. So um, 
I, I would have to assume that they will probably uh, they'll probably do another open pre-order for these. If I had to guess, uh, I was lucky enough to secure one of each of these on Amazon Japan. So shout out to Bill over at the Dork Lair podcast. Uh, he always has hooked me up with the Amazon Japan links for any of these imports. Awesome. But really excited for that I will thank him one, as man. well since he forwarded <laughs> those links to me. <laughs> yeah. I, man, I wish you could have got that boba in time. I, I know Gil also couldn't get it, but I haven't seen them come up on Big Bad Toy Store or anything like that, just the import site. So I imagine once they come up on there, you'll probably be able to get them for a little bit of a markup, but it'll be worth it. Yes, and I mean, obviously, this is the first you know figure we're getting from the rearmored look. I'm, I'm very excited about it, and I think it really works well for how SH Figures is not so big on doing like a whole lot of washes. With this being like a brand new repaint armor, it's not dingy, so this is going to probably look just like it popped off the screen. Yeah, it looks like they've also fixed the helmet issues. I know on the first two. Um, a lot of the complaints were that the helmet sits too low, right? Like the neck peg is too low on the first two Din Djarin's, um, which John Walker Customs has actually uh, 3D printed some some pegs that you can swap out. I actually have them. I, I just haven't done the swap yet to make the head sit a little higher. But it looks like they fixed that too. So uh, really excited for these, man. And, and the turnaround is like... Ugh. I'm so thankful we're, we finally don't have to wait a whole year for an import. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think this is a much better approach. Let's go ahead and produce, especially figures and characters that we know people love and want. You know, I think it's Mexico that does this from time to time. Sometimes they'll put up a pre-order, and it's a true pre-order. You never know what's coming in. Then other things, it seems more like they're like Rumble Society. If they do a pre-order, that's like the first batch is ready to go. Yeah, they know that they're, it's about to sell out. Um, so speaking of imports with quick turnaround times, we got another SH Figure Arts uh, announcement, this time in the Misho, or Misho Movie Realization line. Yes. Um, so, now, you have the first one. Not a yeah. whole lot of sculpt updates on this one. It's just going to be a, a mainly paint reads updates. Um, actually, it's quite, a, I, you know, let me look at it again. Um, I actually have my original one here. We're talking about the Misho movie realization Mandalorian, uh, Din Djarin. And that's basically the, the figures that they adapt into like a samurai looking uh, outfit. But uh, this time we're getting the Beskar Din Djarin with Grogu and shopping cart. I mean, baby carriage. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it looks absolutely fantastic. Like I um, think it was amazing. I think that this one would be the one to get A because the colors just look amazing. Yeah, but, so you are you are getting the Beskar armor. Um no cape, which I thought that was pretty interesting. Um and Heath, now that I'm looking at it, it it's actually considerably different as far as like the shoulder pads and the chest armor but other than that it's pretty much a lot of reuse yes i'm looking at the picture you sent me of yours and i'm seeing it now which is not a problem reuse like i know some people get really mad at that one i'm, I'm not the biggest on complaints like that as long as you can give me a fresh take 
And this is definitely a fresh take. But you're right. No shoulder armor is brand new. I, I really still like the reimagining of like the flintlock pistol uh, for his blaster. I think that looks super cool. And I don't know why. I don't know how. I think Rogu is a super cute character, but apparently you slap a little bun on his head and it, it just makes him cuter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I want to give him a little bowl of ramen. <laughs> yeah, it, he it's looks great. Off. Yeah, he looks great in his uh, in his pram, obviously, with this being like a, a samurai ronin, you know, style. He's going to be in a little cart. It, it's not going to hover. But the, the Grogu, yeah, with the top knot looks fantastic. Now, there it's up on a couple of, uh, of your domestic sites like Entertainment Earth and um, Big Bad Toy Store. I haven't seen it on any import sites. Usually... Um, Premium Bandai will have these up for open pre-order, but I haven't seen that either yet. Um, looking at 140 bucks. That's not bad. This is like, I mean, for what you're getting, and I mean, the colors look amazing. You're getting some brand new stuff here. That's not bad. Yeah, I'll I'll be pulling the trigger on this. Uh, you know, I've got to. I have the original. Um, it comes with a lot less this time. I think the original came with eight sets of hands. This one's going to come with four, I believe, which, okay. I mean, is still a whole bunch. Uh, yeah. And most of that extra fee is coming in with your Grogu. Yes. And, I mean, brand new sculpt in that pram. So, I understand the pricing. I, you know, I can see where you feel like you're getting a little less on the figure, but you are getting, you know, I think a good quality here for everything else that's coming with it. Yeah, 100%. So let's switch gears a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll stay in the collectible realm, but uh, Kota Pakia, they are coming out with a 1 7th scale model kit for a Hirohito Vader, the ultimate evil. So this one's giving me big time power of the, uh, power of the force vibes. Yes, 100%. And um, can I just tell you right now, I don't like it. Yeah, it's not for everybody. It's definitely a very unique look. And, and when I mean Power of the Force vibes, it's very uh, He-Man-esque, right? Like Vader's big-time swole here. Yes. Um, he's big-time swole. Uh, and the thing that always captures me on this one um, is the additional flair put to Vader's mask to give him like a more sinister look. Yeah. I don't think you have to do that with Vader. Vader is pretty... Pretty much just, you know, an image of, like, evil-looking, you know, or evil personified in the sci-fi world. Yeah, I mean, it, it's synonymous with villainy, right? His helmet yes. is. So, so I mean, and more to your point, it's like Vader's helmet's one of those that you can, you can emote, for lack of a better term. Lots of different uh, facial expressions in, in a helmet that doesn't change at all. Yes, exactly. But, you know, this is still going to be cool. One seven scale. Um, people are going to get a lot of fun out of this one. So there you go. Uh, sticking in the original trilogy characters, uh, shout out to Figpin Battle, my buddy Huff over on Instagram. Uh, he actually just came back from, they. I guess they had a Figpin meetup in California. So he drove from Albuquerque to California and swapped pins and got a bunch of artist proofs and just had it. He said it was a, just a great time. He really had a lot of fun. So um, 
fig pens. It's not something we talk about all that much. You know, I have a few. I do collect a few. Uh, I know you've been on the fence uh, about a few characters. Mm-hmm. But this time we're getting uh, our first taste of the original trilogy outside of um, the exclusive Luke and Tauntaun, which was the original fig pen. So we'll be getting two different stormtroopers, one in like a standing position, one in a blasting position. Luke and Leia from A New Hope and Darth Vader. And for what all these are, these are super cool. Um, I think if I were going to pick these up, I might just feel comfortable just doing Vader and the Stormtroopers. I definitely love Leia and Luke, but I, I don't know. The Stormtroopers and Vader just stand out so much to me while I'm looking at them. Obviously, you know, Vader in the middle being the only one that's, you know, not in a wider cream color. Obviously, he stands out, but, yeah, these are really cool. Yeah, for what they are, uh, Fig Pen's a lot of fun. Uh, these are general releases, so you'll be able to get these everywhere. I mean, Target, Walmart, uh, Best Buy, all of your on- online retailers. Th- these won't be hard to come by if it's something you do want to grab. Um and for me, like the Luke I want is the Luke at the end of of the Mandalorian. Yes. yes. Um, you want to stick with pins for a minute? I uh, see we got some Entertainment Earth pins. Yes. And um, have you been able to take a look at these yet? I, I've glanced at them. Yeah, I was actually cruising the Entertainment Earth website last night. Um, they didn't really catch my attention though. It, okay, so I'm not sure who's making these, but it definitely does not come across as big pen quality. Oh, not even close. Definitely the style, um, but just not on the color. I mean, they don't look horrible, but as somebody that is on the fence about going with a higher end, you know, something nice like big pen, these don't, like, yes, the characters are awesome, but, yeah, not sticking with me. But they they don't. Horrible. They don't tickle that that bone for you. So these are made by Mondogram, which I've never heard of before. They are enamel pins, but they do just look like very basic enamel pins. Uh, the colors aren't as rich. Um, it's almost like the color. They are going with a stylized look here. So it's more of your pastel colors. Um, but you get the five set of the original Bad Batch members with um, all four of the characters and then like a... Um, badge uh, with them outlined in it and we also get some og bounty hunters from the clone wars including mm-hmm. a young boba fett armor so that's going to be uh, i always forget his name but there's a bounty hunter that has like this round hat he's it's actually like a droid body with a little it's not cad bane it's the other one right yeah yeah but uh embo is it embo Yes, yes. But Cad Bane, uh, Roar Singh, a young, um, oh man, what is his name? Dengar. Dengar, yes. Bosk, and like I said, a young Boba Fett with that helmet that he wore for just a short while. I think we only really see it in the story arc with uh, um, Asaz Ventress teams up with his bounty hunting crew. Mm-hmm. And then we get another one. It's the Clone Wars uh, from the Siege of Mandalore, I believe. So like Bo-Katan, a Night Owl, a Loyalist. Um, what else do we have? Pre Vizsla and Gar Saxon. Yes. Um, again, there's some cool designs in here, but I think that like, execution on the colors 
is what Billy just kind of makes me go. Yeah. Easy pass for me. Yeah, these are Entertainment Earth exclusives. They're going to run you about 25 bucks. So if you're a pin collector, I definitely see the appeal here, especially for them being exclusive. Um, but, man, I- I'm going to be quite honest with you, Heath. Since I have been on the fig pin game and even just some high-quality custom pins like uh, Punch It Chewy Express, uh, there's a few other ones as well I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, but I've been getting some high-quality pins, and these just don't they don't seem up to par. Yeah, they almost seem like, you know, kid pins. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these would be fun for, you know, I'm sure someone like your boy would really enjoy these. Oh, yeah. You know, slap them on his backpack. He might, you know, as long as they don't fall off or get knocked off, he would right. love it. Right. Um, what else we got in collectibles? Well, just kind of sticking with the kid thing here, which, you know, going to jump out. out. But um, we have an exclusive Build-A-Bear Boba Fett coming in. Did you nice. catch this one? No, I have seen it, yeah. So uh, we actually own one of these Build-A-Bears, um, but it's a Chewbacca, and he's actually sitting on the couch behind me here in the in the collection room. So we don't have a Build-A-Bear a in, as well. Yeah, we don't have a Build-A-Bear in town, um, yeah. but someone I think someone sent one to my daughter, or she made it in Houston or something like that. But she picked out Chewie. You know, if you're going to get a stuffed animal, Chewie's kind of – Kind of the one to get, right? Like you said, you guys have one too. Um, but tell us about this Boba Fett. Um, so coming in at $24.99, we'll get you just the basic Boba Fett. For, I believe, an upcharge to $29.99 will be the Boba Fett with you know his signature blaster from the OG trilogy. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's going to be your standard build there. Go in there, you pick out your skin, fill it up. You'll be able to test it in the heartbeat, or you'll be able to get, like, you know, an exclusive Star Wars sound. There you go. You have to adopt yourself a little Boba Boba Bear. There you go, Boba Bear. It is. So yeah, uh, yeah. This this is fun. Um, they're gonna milk Boba Fett and Din Djarin and Grogu and all the best characters as much as they possibly can. And who can blame them? It's a good use of the license. Yep. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? So we got a few more things from Entertainment Earth. Um, this is going to be the gentle giant. You know, we did have uh, Adam on recently. Uh, yep. This is going to be the 12 inch jumbo Grand Moff Tarkin in the Kenner styling. Um, yep. So I'm very curious to. I would imagine what they did is they took that three and three quarter one that came with the Escape the Death Star. You know, that was the first time Moff Gideon, I'm sorry, Moff, Grand Moff Tarkin was uh, made in three and three quarter Kenner style. So they probably just blew that up. And made it Entertainment Earth exclusive. So, uh, very cool that they're sticking with that, though. Absolutely. Um, oh, man. That seems like it might be it on the, uh, the old collector front right now, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've got something to look forward to. Target's going to keep up their uh, their Geek Out toy collector spot, you know, sponsored by the Geek Out show. Obviously, they took that from Absolutely. us. So, uh, <laughs> But, yeah, this month uh, they'll have a new reveal every Friday. And Friday, September 24th, will be the Star Wars reveal. Um, the last Geek Out collector spot was kind of outside of the G.I. Joe stuff. It was kind of light, you know, to be quite honest. So I'm very I'm looking forward to something pretty heavy dropping here as far as uh, Star Wars goes. Uh, and I will say I'm also really cool with them uh, just doing one per. Everyone gets an yes. opportunity to grab one. Exactly. That's been very nice. I've uh, popped up and looked at a few things. 
Um, outside of um, them canceling my happy Hogan, uh, I've been happy with the Target app. Yeah, and um, if, if the Star Wars drop is anything like the first week of their drop, so the first week of their drops was that exclusive year two Todd McFarlane designed Batman, which sold out instantly. Well, uh, at the, least the uh, autographed version. Yes. I was actually able to get um, the regular non-signed one fairly easy. Nice. Yeah. And that that looks great with like a, a lot of cape and stuff. But this isn't a McFarlane or DC podcast. So I'm glad you got <laughs> I'm glad you got one, though, man. Um, but will we see something like that in Star Wars? Probably not. The Star Wars team isn't as involved as Todd McFarlane is. But I'm hoping for something of the same caliber as far as like a uh, high quality uh, announcement. Exactly. But other than that, yeah, I think that's all the collecting uh, Star Wars news this week. Any uh, anything churning the rumor mill that you've heard of? Man, um, we might be seeing old Finn uh, popping up on Disney Plus. Yeah, I really like this rumor. Um, you know, I know John Boyega at the end of Rise of Skywalker, he was like, oh, you're not going to Disney Plus me. You know, he said that in a few interviews. But with the success of Disney Plus, um, and I think like Loki really being the catalyst for that, mm-hmm. obviously after the first two releases of the Marvel Disney Plus stuff, and, and of course the Mandalorian, um, I think you're going to start seeing these actors sing a different tune. Yeah, well, which it kind of blows my mind that he would kind of be opposed to doing television, uh, especially for Star Wars, knowing that, you know, over over the old pond, as they like to call it, television seems to be a much more respected form of entertainment. You know, I know that um, oh, Bandit Cumberbatch has been really well receptive going from film to television over there, especially with his Sherlock series. So I thought that was a little weird coming from him, and almost might have felt like a uh, you know Trojan horse, like I'm saying this, but that's not really what I mean. So this might have been something that has been in the pipe for a while or something that they flung to him and he was trying to not put too much steam on it. Yeah. I think this is their opportunity to redeem the character of, of Finn. Not that he really needed any redeeming, but I mean, we've got, we had so much teased about Finn and nothing really come into fruition. Exactly. I mean, in the first movie of the sequel trilogy, we see him go toe to toe with Kylo Ren. Yes, in a lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the trilogy, we get these little hints that he may be force sensitive, and the First Order probably knew that, and that's why they brought him on. Yes. So I'd like to see them explore some of that, um, and and especially because I don't think you can do a Finn spinoff series without bringing in Ray and Poe, and BB-8, and all the characters we love from the sequel trilogy. Um, do we get to see him do Jedi training? Yet to be seen. This is all rumors. But that's what I would like to see. See, what I've been thinking of, you know, if you can't get um, Daisy back, what if it was um, him meeting up with the other former stormtroopers that kind of had the same mind clarity and broke their training that we meet up with on um or next to the fallen death star what if they all get together and somehow like we find out that they're all force sensitive and that was part of the reason they were able to overcome the you know first order you know brainwashing 
Well, it, and even and didn't Jaina was it Jaina? Oh, yes. I can't. Yeah, okay, yeah. Didn't she kind of mention like it's it? We've all kind of like had this feeling, me and my platoon. Yes. So it, yeah, I would I would love to see that explored more. So like I mean, if it was almost like a slow build of these former first order troopers connecting with the force, I would I mean that even in my mind could be where you could bring Grogu into this area. Oh of, shit. Grogu is now a trained Jedi. This is post, you know, us losing Luke to, to everything. And now he's got Jedi's that he can work with. Or yeah. Has- Who knows? Maybe, maybe Grogu goes into hiding after the ransack of the Skywalker Academy. Exactly. Or better. Yet, I love that. Actually, instead of him going into hiding, what if he actually saved several young Padawans? You know, we're talking children. That way it's not him going into hiding, but him being, doing something heroic. And that's why um, Kylo didn't get him or a lot more of the younger ones. But he, since Luke disconnects with the Force, Grogu's never actually able to reconnect with him. I actually love that. And and just to add to that, like maybe Ray sends Jaina and and uh, Jana. I'm sorry, Jana and Finn and and the other members of this Force sensitive. Uh, stormtroopers to go out and find more force sensitive people to rebuild the Jedi Academy and and in doing so run into Grogu and his his sect that would be amazing I think love it make it happen right bridge so uh you know Bob Iger Kathleen Kennedy Disney I know you guys are listening to us so if you want to just hire me and Heath for the writing room just uh give us a shout hit us in the DMs you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna undermine you in your thought right there, and I'm willing to say, just go ahead and let us come in, have some stormtrooper cameos, and I'm fine with giving you the idea. Yeah, that, yeah, I'll take that too. Even if I just have to be some like weird bar alien, I'm cool with that too. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Set me and Keith in front of the cantina. Just do it. <laughs> Give us weird bar alien guys. We can just be Tijuana sitting at the bar. <laughs> exactly. Bring it on. <laughs> Um, but I did want to touch on something that we talked about a little bit last week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that like you at the end of season two of Mando, you, uh, and your daughter shared a single, single tear. I, I might've gotten a little choked up watching the season two, um, making of, especially when we get Mark talking about what it meant to him and being back on this, you know, on set, like that was so beautiful. And I mean, I'm sitting there looking at Luke Skywalker, not, you know, just talking about like what this meant to him. And I'm just like, (laughs) hold it in, man. Hold it in. Yeah. He really was like very, and Mark Hamill seems like he's such a genuine guy, man. Like he, he knows, I think he knows his position in Hollywood, right? Like it it is Luke Skywalker. As much as other stuff as he's added to his resume, you're Luke Skywalker. Walker at the beginning and at the end of the day. Yes. So, yeah, him just showing what it meant to the crew and the cast and, like, him actually getting to meet these people, including Katie Sackhoff's dad, you know? Yes. It just, yeah, it was wonderful, man. That, that's a really, that's such a good making of. I love that. Uh, it, this was great. I, I really appreciate sitting down. I liked all of the creators, you know, definitely talking about why it had to be Luke, and I love the swerve with Plo Koon. 
I did not know before watching this one that Blue Coon was uh, Filoni's favorite Jedi. So I thought that was interesting. I was like, okay. I really I've, figured. I've heard that somewhere before, but yeah, I, I didn't really know that either until it came out of his mouth. Well, see, I feel like he's almost half lying to us, and he's using like a technicality of Jedi versus, you know, yeah. Lord. Because I feel like if at the end of the day you had, you know, put gun to head, he's going to say Ahsoka. Well, yeah, and he's probably the guy that's like, well, Ahsoka's not really a Jedi. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's his I think that's his little out there because I mean, and hey, I'm not even blaming him. If I got to create an amazing character that's added so much to Star Wars lore, I wouldn't be like, No, no, that's not my favorite Jedi. What are you talking about? And I'd be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, look at what I got to add to this universe that I've loved since I was a child. One hundred percent. And it was really cool to see him like like Filoni you can tell he genuine genuinely likes um people's reaction like to the luke skywalker thing like yes you know he he was like enamored with favreau you know he's like i I could tell he was like a child again everyone in the room was a kid again yes and he loved that and it seemed very very genuine well then i think think that's uh, it yeah i think that's it i think uh, we can go ahead and call it and um I know you've got a busy weekend. It's a holiday weekend. I hope you guys have a great time. You as well. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys uh, decide to throw in the old smoker, man. That's for sure. I'll definitely be posting some pictures. <laughs> Heath, let, let us know where we can find you, man. Uh, ordering toys on Instagram. And you guys know you can follow me at Toys on Instagram every week on the Geek Out Show, both on YouTube and on all your podcast platforms. And by proxy, the Canon Cantina. Um, hit up our T Public. Listen to all our other shows. If you're listening to this, you're listening to those. Um, and shout out to everyone who listens to us, man. I've noticed our listenership has gone up, uh, you know, pretty well over the last couple of episodes. So if you guys want to call in or write in, have a Star Wars question, hell, if you want to be a guest on the show, just hit us up, man. Me and Heath are for it. Oh yeah, I appreciate everybody that listens. Um, but yeah, that's all we got. No last call this week. So, uh, Heath, it was good chatting with you, buddy. Always, buddy. So, until next time, this is the way. Come on. Come on. I've got the money. You will never find more wretched hives come at you.